All right. Welcome to the Seattle Sports Union Weekly Podcast. I am the Soul Man, Brian Solak, coming to you live from my quarantine home up here in Everett. I am joined by my two fellow crazy pals, Abraham Deweese and Matt Page. How the hell are you? I the hell am fine. Thank you very much. And I, too, am quarantined. I, I, I don't appreciate that kind of language. I the heck am fine. Uh, <laughs> And I and I and I was just thinking to myself right now we need an intro music for uh for the Soul Man you know like the Blues Brothers the Soul Man <laughs> I love it like I love that it. you know make it happen Abe <laughs> I can do that I can make it happen <laughs> might be some uh, copyright copyright problems but we'll figure uh that out. <laughs> if you short enough it's no big deal yeah <laughs> how's quarantine life is it treating you you going nuts yet or what. Oh, uh, I'll have I'll have to say I'm super duper excited this week because I actually got to see some sports and I'm so thrilled about that. Bundesliga soccer uh-huh. happening this weekend. Uh, I guess NASCAR was today, but I didn't care. I I, I did get to watch uh, soccer though. That was good. Wow, uh, I'm, I'm progressing further in my box, my basket weaving. Um, <laughs> it's turning out well. Nice. <laughs> but NASCAR, I'm with you. I just they go in a circle. I'm not really excited. Well, and I'm a guy who loves racing, so you know. Anyway, I, you should be watching racing then. Yeah, I don't know. I I like racing too. I like horse racing. I, I just NASCAR. Something does not do it for me with NASCAR. Oh I mean, no, it, no, no, no! You don't you don't like horse racing. You like wearing the big pimp hat and then sipping mint juleps and talking about how <laughs> you know. Your uh, your your racehorse is, is gonna win. I love betting, talking trash, and pretending like I know anything about animal husbandry for a good two hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I love, and uh, yeah, and I do like a mint julep. <laughs> Speaking of that, yeah, you, you talk about soccer. Were there, was it an empty stadium or were there fans? They did. I mean, they the, did play the, to empty stadiums. Yes, there were no fans at all. Uh, they did not do the piping in of fans like you get with Korean baseball. And honestly, to be, you know, I, I've been to enough sporting events where there's hardly anybody in the crowd, Seattle Mariners. And I find that, like, <laughs> the lack of crowd noise doesn't bother me that much. So I, I had fun with it. So with, with uh, professional sports hopefully going to be starting up here soon, how do you feel you're going to be okay with them playing in an empty stadium, you're saying? Yeah, the the as far as a fan experience, watching it on TV, again, you know, I've been in enough games without any fans or hardly any fans. It doesn't bother me. And then, honestly, how many times do I watch sports? I don't even have the audio on because I can't stand the announcers. <laughs> so who cares if there's a, there's a fan base or not? Well, don't you? Th- what about the players' perspective? Don't you think they feed off the fans? They elevate their game from them, or what? Uh, Does it matter? I don't. I, I'm. I, I would say to. I would say that there are a certain class of uh, class of uh, sports where they feed off of uh, the fans, and then there's certain sports where it's it's not necessary. And you know, I would say something that's more performance based, like your gymnastics or your uh ice dancing you know the figure skating i I would say those are really reliant on an audience and you have to get that kind of interaction i would say like maybe football uh american football where the defense you know a pumped up uh crowd helps out your defense that really matters i i don't think an audience really matters in baseball i don't think it you know there's certain sports where you know it it's nice if they're there. It's nice if they're not, but they don't think they make any, they don't have any influence on the game whatsoever. Well, and I have to point out that it, it was, it was Bundesliga, right? So it's not like you're going to go to Germany and watch a game anyway. Right. So to you, there's no difference. Exactly. It was going to be on TV. It's going to be on TV or nothing else. And then, you know, I've been to, I've been to plenty of soccer games and as a fan, if I go there, that's a lot of fun to be a part of that noise. 
but I watch a lot of sounders with the volume off. That's just, yeah. you know, it, it's not, it's not necessary for me to list to hear the fans uh, chanting. That's the difference. That's the difference between going to a game in my opinion and watching it on TV. I, I don't watch games on TV to watch the fans. What about you, Mr. Page? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree. I mean, there are games that I just totally, yeah, I turn off the bouncers and I just, I watch. I mean, I'm not watching it for the fans. I'm watching the game when I'm tuning in at home. So from a, from a, from a TV standpoint, there's no difference whatsoever in my mind. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, there are some, there are some games like, yeah, like the Sounders going and being in part of, uh, part of ECS and, and chanting and singing and jumping back and forth and getting really into it and waving flags and stuff. That's a lot of fun. But uh, it does. if you're at home, I don't really need to see them or hear them. I mean, it doesn't, I'm not part of them. So it's not, it doesn't really add anything to my experience as a TV watcher. So I agree. Okay. So with that said, or how's that going to, I guess what I'm trying to say is how's it going to affect the teams financially if there's nobody in the stands, do you think, they're well off to where it's not going to, they're not going to give a, a, you know what? I mean, I guess they're not going to have any staff in there to run the stadium so they can save money there, but the biggest, the biggest, well, sorry, the the biggest, the biggest um, leagues. So like the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, and a little bit the NHL, they make their money in the media deals. That's where they make their money with the TV. So yes, they're going to see diminish diminish income, um, and it might limit some fun for the players and some fun for some people who do care about the fans. But in general, the money the, the their major revenue stream is their media deal. So do the owners have a right to tell these players if the if the season starts in July, you're only going to get half a season paycheck? I mean. You got Shoreline Washington's own Blake Snell out there in the media being a he may have a good point, but he's kind of being a D bag about it, in my opinion, where he does he deserves his whole paycheck or he's not gonna play, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? The players deserve to be paid to fill them out. Okay, I need to clarify. Yeah, you're right. You're right that Mr. Snell, um, he didn't convey it as well as he could have, as as well as he should have. He was right, though. They were asking him to take a, a pay cut below the prorated half of a year salary. They were asking him to, to, to pay. They were asking them to pay him 82 games or whatever that they're going to they're planning to pay. So they're going to pay him for 82 games. They were asking him to pay him less than that. And with the with the risk in terms of the virus to both himself and bringing it home potentially into his family, he's like, it's not worth it. And I can see his point. And there's a lot of other big name big leaguers that are in the same boat, but they're asking him to pay to take less than he normally would per paycheck. When I mean, even on top of half of a season's paycheck. So your question. Know I mean? So your question, Brian, is multifaceted, yeah. and I hate to do this, but it almost is relevant, dependent upon which sport you're referring to at the time. Uh, the first, the first part of your question, you know, are sports reliant on fans uh, coming through the turnstiles? Are they reliant on fan, gate receipts and the merch sales and the beer sales and, you know, hot dogs, etc.? Depends on the sport. That is, in hockey, you have, uh, you have a league that has some owners that are not on good – you know, they're a little bit on shaking ground. They're not on good financial uh, terms. In pro football, NFL football, multi-billionaires everywhere for as far as you can see. So, you know, that's the that's the first aspect. Um, baseball uh, will, will be okay, but minor league teams, they're going to have huge problems. There's, you know, going without a season might wreck some of these teams. Um, yep. Uh, colleges, University of Alabama, they'll be just fine. Somebody like maybe Eastern Washington University might have problems. 
you know, so it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a sliding scale dependent upon, you know, the revenue that these teams normally make and these leagues normally make. Now the second part of that, the Blake Snell uh, conversation, I think that's a different conversation because you have to talk to the specific agreements that uh, the collect, the collective bargaining agreements of the different sports CBA for baseball, Blake Snell has a contract. It's a legal, it's a legal thing. And that's been agreed upon by the union, by the team, by himself and his, his management crew, his, uh, you know, agency. Baseball is trying to tell him to go to a 50% uh, profit share for the remainder of the season. That's not in the contract. The contract says I get X amount of money. Now, if I only play half the season, of course I should be prorated half the half the pay. Yet you pay for play, right? Or you play yeah. for pay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, what they're asking is, we're going to we're going to tell everybody to agree to a new set of terms, not honor the terms that was negotiated and you know dealt, uh, you know, uh, dealt with years ago. Um, you, you can't, you can't change the rules of the game in this turn, in this concept, they're changing the rules of the contract, the collective bargaining. That's a game. That's all game as well. Um, and, and expect, expect there not to be any pushback. And there is some pushback because, uh, like Matt said, you know, you're asking me to, you asking me to go into an environment where there could be spread of COVID and you want me to take less money? Oh, hell no. You know, that's not going to happen. And there is nothing, there is no legal way that MLB can get away with this. Uh, very shady business dealings. Um, and I, I, I can understand that people think that Blake Snell's tone deaf, but from his perspective, it's a completely valid argument. He's they're they're trying to screw him, and uh, uh, you know all all so that these billionaires that own the baseball teams uh, can try to curb some of their expenses. And eh, no, you they owe him the money now. If they want to shut down the whole season, they do have that leverage. They could just say, "Hey, baseball players, we're going to shut down the whole season. Nobody gets paid." Um, but it, that looks a little ugly, I guess. They'd rather excellent point. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say they'd rather the players look ugly than themselves. Good point. You bring yeah. up you bring up COVID. I don't care what sport, but what if the player refuses to play because they don't want to die? There's a chance for them to die. Do they still get paid? Depends on what the contract says. Yeah, it, <laughs> it really does. Unfortunately, that's 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 the reality. It depends okay. on what the contract says. Yeah, I I, um, I don't know enough. Paid on a term. Good. Um, you know, then so be it. I mean, yeah, I mean, going back to what you said about Blake Snell, it's, yeah, he just, he presented himself, he explained himself poorly, but his position was 100% valid, um, in my mind. Um, and he's not alone. Um, there's a lot of players. Mike Trout has expressed that he's, you know, concerns about even playing at all. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has come out and said he doesn't want to play at all because of the risk he's got. Um, I think one of his one of his new kid one of his youngest kids is like immunocompromised or something like that, and he doesn't want to risk that. Um, you know, there's there's completely valid concerns. You know, you're traveling, you're you're putting your body on a strain. You're you're um, so you're straining your body that way. You're straining your body professionally as an athlete. You're exposing yourself to potentially a lot more germs by traveling and you know airlines and you're sharing germs with everyone on that plane. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's completely reasonable if someone says, I don't want to play this year, I don't, I, I, I'm not going to risk it. I think everyone should respect that and go with it. As far as getting paid, it depends upon the contract, you know? Does that go with minor leaguers too? If they say they don't want to get paid, can the team? Oh, I don't think, the, te- I don't think the teams aren't concerned about minor leaguers. The minor, the minor I, I leaguers are Minor leaguers, that's not where they're making their ratings. That's not, that's okay. not what sells. Um, I don't sell, I don't sell jerseys off of Joe Schmo who plays at, you know, 
double double A Pawtucket or whatever, um, triple A Pawtucket. <laughs> I make money off I make money off of you know uh, Dustin Pedroia and those guys. Uh, I I would say if if Major League that's what Major League Baseball is really worried about. That's what the owners are really worried about. They, it's it's not if they're third string guy on a, you know, what do you call it? Quadruple a, like that area in between triple a and major leagues. They're not worried about those guys. Those guys are going to come to work because they're looking for a job. Uh, they're not worried about them saying I'm staying home. Uh, they're, they're worried about Mike Trout. They're worried about, you know, Freddie Freeman. They need those guys. You know, the big names. Oh, thanks for listening yeah. off Dodgers. Bryce Harper. Thanks for listening off Dodgers. <laughs> God forbid we go one show without talking about the Bryce Dodgers. Harper has, <laughs> Bryce Harper has has, has uh, also expressed concerns. Anyway. I know. Anyway. But you you get what I mean, though. It, it, they, Absolutely. They, somebody, somebody will play. They'll take the risk because they're not making $10 million a year. Well, and, it, and, and I, I saw some people who are actually proposing some interesting uh, ideas in that because there most likely won't be a minor league season, players like Casey Mize are the, uh, the top prospect for the, um, the only prospect for the Tigers, uh, <laughs> might, might, might be promoted to the major league squad this year because it, it's the only way to get him some development time, you know? Yep. They don't want to lose. They don't want to lose that year uh, of service, or a year of a year of development time at least. It would it would start his years of service early, but it would but it, but it would he'd continue to develop. Is what I'm saying. Actually, the Tigers do have a second prospect pitcher, Tarek Skubal of Seattle University Redhawks, class mm-hmm. of 2017. Just thought I'd share that. Nice. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on has. I'll be honest. I haven't watched any, but have you guys watched Korean baseball or? Yeah. Go go empty uh, dinos. <laughs> so it's been pretty exciting. You're saying, or just because you're bored, or what? Not not really <laughs> that exciting. <laughs> I can tell by your tone. Um, <laughs> it's baseball. It's something. Uh, one of the problems. Yeah. One of the problems is they play at eleven o'clock at night. Um, okay. So, you know, um, it's kind of when Abe, I'm... Abe's team, by the way, Abe's team is 1-10, and, and my team is 10-1. So <laughs> Ouch. that out there. <laughs> well, the Wyverns, the Wyverns, this isn't their year. The, the COVID's really taken off some of their, some of their luster uh, off of their... Uh-huh. Uh, their, the dragon. <laughs> their run last year. Uh, the, yeah, the Wyverns, different than a dragon, by the way. Um, do you know how they're Whatever. different? No, you don't know. I'll no. tell you. So wyverns yeah, have their wings integrated with their arms, so they're more like a traditional raptor, you know. Um, okay. And a dragon has the wings on their back, and they're independent of their forelegs. Okay, interesting. Which is more interesting than the baseball that I watched. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the most exciting baseball league, really. I, I feel like I'm watching. I don't know. I mean, high school. I like the kid. It just doesn't feel like it made you know a real professional league caliber league. I, I hate to say that. There are some great players there, but the caliber of play and the style. I think it's more the style that they play. It's just not as fun to watch. It definitely re- major- It definitely reminds me of watching the Everett Aquasocks. So maybe a single A level where, okay, there's maybe, like yeah. there's like two guys I see out there that I I could definitely you know, say, close my eyes and see them in like a Mariners uniform. And then the rest yeah, of the guys, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the rest of the guys are like, okay, <laughs> they're guys. Are there any former major leaguers like Tom Selleck played in that one movie t- that are trying to revive their careers in Mr. Korea right now? Mr. Baseball. Mr. Yeah. Baseball? <laughs> oh, that was a great movie. And I've, I've been wanting to watch it the last week or so. It's got, um, it's got the, uh, the, Allstate guy too, who was um, that's right um, from Major League. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I love the scene where he goes to his boss's house and brings brings booze, and then and then and then just complains about his boss to his face all, a lot because apparently <laughs> that's the, that's the the, uh, the culture. But anyway, uh, yeah, there's a few. There are more than a few major leaguers that have gone over there. I think the the one that's uh, 
The one that I've noticed is Aaron Althur. Althur? Althur? From the uh, Phillies? Recently from the Phillies? Yep. I think he's a dino. uh, Yeah, do you know what they called him? They called him the necked Eric Thames. He's not. (laughs) (laughs) Unless, Unless he puts on about 60 pounds of pure muscle. Yeah. Then, then we'll talk. There was a uh, yeah, there's there's have, a, you seen, have you seen pictures of, of of Eric Thames when he was a when he was a uh um in the KBO? Yeah. No, I only The see. man the man was huge. He's he's still huge, but he's smaller than he was. Wait, are we talking about the same guy, the guy that played for the Diamondbacks? Uh no, he actually he was a Mariner. Yeah. And then he now he's a Brewer. He was with the, oh, okay. Thames played for the Mariners. I didn't know that. Yeah, we we got oh, it. Yeah. That was the guy we got for Ichiro. Uh, I'd have to Google that. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he is. Okay, I knew it. Okay, so he played. No, for, maybe not. He maybe he, it is. He was he was very. He wasn't on the Mariners for long. Oh, yeah, he was like. Uh, okay. No, he was a Blue Jay. He wasn't a he wasn't a Diamondback. He was a Blue Jay. And then and now he's the uh, Brewers. Brewer. Now he's with the Brewers. Okay, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the there's a couple of there's a couple of guys that I never heard of that are Americans in Korean baseball, but uh, uh, nobody famous. Nobody famous. Right on. <laughs> Move, moving on before we talk about our, lo- our local Seahawks here. Did you all guys hear Mike Tyson and Holyfield? There might be a third bout coming up. They're talking about it. Or do you care? Hold on one second. It was it was the Steve Delabar trade. That's what it was. Oh, Delabar. Okay, I remember him. Okay. Anyway, sorry. So Mike Tyson, Holyfield three. What do you think? Pass. Uh, aren't they like <laughs> sixty years old by now? I think both of them would have to be put in the ICU afterwards. I mean. <laughs> So, uh, and I'm not, I, I'm one of those people that thinks bowling, bo- boxing is pretty dumb. So I'll, I'll, I'll reserve judgment from here on. Okay. So you got <laughs> iron Mike Tyson and you have uh, Evander, the real, the happy meal. Holyfield. Is that what he's called? <laughs> Cause didn't Mike Tyson try to eat his ear? Eat his ear. Yep. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, no, they're like 60 years old. I don't want to watch that. 58 and 53 to be exact. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It might be kind of fun to watch. 57-year-old boxes having Evander Holyfield. God, 57. I know. No, that's way too old. (laughs) They'll make a lot of money, and I believe uh, at All Elite Wrestling, their next pay-per-view, Mike Tyson's going to be like a uh, a guest announcer or something. The guy can barely oh, speak. He must have run out of money. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. <laughs> He's hurt. Robin Givens must have taken him from way more money than we, than we remember. Yeah, but I heard Tyson has a pot farm and that's successful. Someone told me. Is that not true? <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Okay. <laughs> I don't spend a lot of time thinking about Mike Tyson. I have to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was. I thought he was good in The Hangover, the movie. That was it. That was the last time I really thought about him. And his tiger, or whatever the hell that was. The tiger, tiger, and then he was really good on uh, what was the what's the song with um, where it was the do 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 do. Anyway, <laughs> I don't remember. Speaking of Robin right, Givens, gonna... speaking of Robin Givens, there's going to be a new head yeah. of the class TV show coming out. Ser- seriously. That's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> but if it doesn't wow. have, if it doesn't have Howard Hessman, I'm not interested. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You got to love the old Johnny fever. <laughs> He's the best. Hey, moving on Seattle Seahawks. There's actually news this week. Our newly acquired cornerback Quinton Dunbar was involved in a robbery, an armed robbery with another NFL player from the New York giants. Mm-hmm. What was your reaction? So the the Seahawks don't really need a weak side corner, right? Because apparently not. Yeah. No. 
Um, <laughs> well, it depends on who you ask. Supposedly, according to the agents, they were saying that there was there was five or six affidavits by witnesses saying that he wasn't there when it happened. I don't know what what became of that because there hasn't really been any other news publicly about it. But um, yeah. so it, we don't know if if he really was there or not. If he wasn't there, then he did turn himself over. He did. Which he is got released. He got released with a hundred thousand bond or something. Him and the other guy. Yeah the 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 fundamental thing that bothers me is that he's even in the that there's even a conversation about this that he's in some sort of uh, just, you know, even in some sort of ancillary way uh, uh, connected with this somehow. The yeah. dude, uh, oh God, what's the name of the guy? What's the name of the other guy? Um, Baker. Uh, Baker, yeah. Baker. He was a first round pick for the Giants. Uh-huh. And dude's probably making like 10 million over those five years, four years, whatever it is. And yep. what is he doing messing around with these low lifes? And then for Quentin Dunbar, ranked number two on Pro Football Focus's uh, best cornerback list. You know, this guy's going to make a lot of money next year. You know, double digits. We're talking we're talking, you know, more oh, than yeah. more than ten million a year. And he's going back trying he's been alleged to go back and try to recover lost Rolex and from I don't know for for a gambling, <sighs> what is he doing? Why are they doing no, this? I, 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 I'm with you. I understand. I mean, I mean, think about it. He got out of the, the, the dead end that is being a Washington Redskin. He's going to go play for a playoff caliber, um, potentially, uh, Seattle Seahawks, where he'll get noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, on his last year of his rookie contract, he's going to cash in big time in a year. If he can just keep his nose clean, and apparently he can't, and that's concerning. Sounds like a lot of other players that have been on the Seahawks in the past. Yeah, yeah this one's just, I, I guess. <laughs> this one's just ultra baffling because uh, Dunbar was undrafted. He was an undrafted free, free agent, and there was no need. You know, <laughs> you would think – you would think maybe somebody that was entitled, you know, might, might be bored with all their extra money. Um, yep. but you know, here's a guy that had to oh, work a huge ego. Yeah. yeah. Here's a guy that had to work himself up from nothing. And now he's just gonna, you know, just fritter it all away. Uh, I'm, I'm not really mad for him. I'm mad for the Seahawks. <laughs> um, I don't know if there's any kind of character issues with him in the past, but there were, for this other guy, the the Giants guy Baker, um, he's had a history of knucklehead moves. Um, what did we lose? Did we lose a fifth round pick, fourth round pick, or something like that yeah, for Dunbar? A fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. Yeah, mm, mm, that's not looking so good. Uh, and well, then, if if he is if he is convicted or at least charged, I think we we have the ability to to basically void the contract. Okay, I would think. The, what about cut, what about cut him right now? If we, they say we can save three and a half million if he's guilty, why not just cut him? Well, because he might not be guilty. He might actually be totally exonerated. In which case, it doesn't look good. But we really do need a weak side corner. Some decent free agents out there. I don't know. Uh, that will cost a hundred times what he costs. Yeah, oh. the the better the better cornerbacks that are out there on the market are all over ten million. Yeah, and we have. We have we have an entire hole on the defensive tackle position that we still need to address, or the defensive end, one or the other. We still have a, a defensive line that needs addressing, and we don't have a lot of money. And if we if he's exonerated, then we have no reason. I mean, honestly, I take the position of if he's you know if he's not convicted of it, then you have to basically treat him like he didn't do the crime. I mean. So if he's exonerated, he's exonerated, and we move forward. Yeah, you kind of. What have... about? Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, there's. I know there's a lot of expensive free agents, but what about someone like Akeem King? He's still a free agent. He knows our system. He played here before. I saw Akeem King last year. He wasn't that good. I. Not that we good. need somebody he's a free better. agent for a reason. <laughs> Some of them are for a reason, and not. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah Akeem, no. The, Akeem... the reality is, 
don't don't penalize the guy if he isn't guilty. So, All right. Yeah. He associated himself with Baker, which was dumb. So but if this is, I, I don't know his full history, but if this is his first screw up, then you, you got to let the guy learn from his mistake. So Akeem King, going back to him, um, he was actually bounced in favor of Ugo Amadi at the nickelback position. So we brought him in last year. He didn't prove himself. What's the point in bringing him back at this point? I think you kind of go, you might have to go down with a ship on this guy. What I'm mad about the Seahawks is that I, I was sitting there texting you guys, screaming at my cell phone, asking why we didn't get Xavier McKinney out of Alabama uh, or some other defensive back because I, I knew something like this was going to happen. Not, not this fast. I thought it was going to be like at the end of the season, like Dunbar might be too expensive to keep and we needed somebody to, yeah. to fill in that position. But right now, right now it's right back to Trey flowers. And, um, Ugh. you know, if <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I hate to say this map, but your boy, uh, Ugo Amadi, if he was good enough to, to play that position, he would have taken flowers position by now. And so, you know, just, I don't think he's, I don't think they, they have that role in mind for him in the future. No, I, I don't think he's, I think that's been played out. I think he's nickelback. Yeah. That, I think um, he's a nickel corner and, and, and yeah, nickelback and, and, and punt returner. I mean, I think that's his, his skill set. Yeah. But you know, that with, what that leaves us though with is no backup because uh, Blair, they were talking about making Blair. We talked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Soul man, you brought it up. Why not move Blair to cornerback? And I kind of think again, like, boy, I think they would have done that if they, you know, by now, if they thought he was capable. Cause, um, because <laughs> as bad as flowers is, it's difficult in any sport basically to move from one position to another. Uh, yep. it, it just, some people can do it. Some point. people can't do it. And yeah, we could have, we could have used Blair in there a lot more often. Uh, but I, I think Blair and Amadi are just not going to be the answer there. So we should have drafted somebody and it just irritates me. Oh my Wait, god! Are you, are are you saying are you saying what's his name that we drafted first is is not good enough? Oh, you mean uh, uh, Brooks, J- Jordan Brooks? Jordan, yeah. Jordan, uh, are you saying Jordan Brooks isn't helpful? Oh, <sighs> a linebacker who can't cover tight ends. Yeah, or rush the quarterback. Or rush the quarterback. <laughs> you don't need. Yeah, that's <laughs> today's football that's does not thing. need. That's the thing. It's like if he can't if he can't cover and he can't rush the quarterback, what is he doing out there on the field? <laughs> In today's NFL, yeah, I mean, it just it's baffling. Like, uh, is he just standing there? I mean, because <laughs> then I want that job. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, at pick pick twenty seven overall, we could have gotten um, yeah, was it Xavier Alexander or whatever you mentioned from. Um, Oh, Xavier McKinney. Minnesota? McKinney. 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 Alabama, yeah. There's also Xavier that, McKinney, that's what it was. There's also yeah, that, uh, for uh, Minnesota. There's also that TC. Oh, the Minnesota uh, Antoine. Uh, Winfield. Winfield. Oh, uh, Win- yeah, Winfield was still on the on the board. I wanted I wanted McKinney. Um, no, but, able, yeah, able, I would have taken either one. Yeah, there, there were a handful of defensive backs that, that were first-round caliber, and – I know Carroll is just so picky on his cornerbacks and his, uh, you know, DBs. Patrick Green was still on the board. That's the part that bothers me. Oh, but I would anyway. have taken Patrick Green. Um, he pick, they picked him after us. Uh, he went. He went the pick to the Baltimore after we took, took Jordan Brooks. Mm-hmm. So that's a linebacker who can cover and who can rush the quarterback. <laughs> drafted after the guy that can't. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I want to brief, you'll understand why in a second, but I want to briefly talk about The Last Dance. We talked about it a few weeks ago, the documentary about Michael Jordan. They're through eight, through eight episodes. I think tonight's the last two, but uh, briefly, I do want to say the more and more I watch it, the more and more good it, get, it gets, but it also makes Jordan look more like a spoiled little brat that he is. So, And he's a big baby and one of the best players of all time, but I just wanted to say those two cents. But uh, in last week's episode, they brought up the 96 finals, the, the Bulls against the Sonics. That brought back a lot of memories. Do you remember the, fi- the those, that year, Abe? Or, yeah. I know, Matt, you're, you're probably 10 years old then. But 
<clears throat> what, what? 96, I was 14. Okay, close enough. So, I'm sorry. Yeah, the 96, yeah. The 96 <laughs> finals, uh, biggest biggest thing I got out of that was when Nate McMillan went down with injury. First thing I thought was like, we're doomed because at that point he was the, he was, he ended up becoming a coach in the NBA for the trailblazers, but he was like a coach on the field and he kept, he kept Gary from being insane and he kept, you know, uh, kept other players focused. Um, and, and yeah, the moment he went down, you lose your, you lose your, basically your quarterback on the, on the court and you end up with a bunch of psychos running around. Uh, yeah. All I remember was uh, Sean Kemp did a good job, but Brakowski got in trouble for fighting and Gary Payton <laughs> started yelling at Carl, uh, George Carl, cause he wanted to cover Jordan, but Carl didn't want to do that. And uh, I don't know. It just you know, dysfunctional team without McMillan. Without McMillan, it didn't. I, I I agree. I, I was I was going to bring up the point about Peyton. They waited till Game Four to cover Jordan, and they just shut him down. And we won the next two games convincingly. And but you already had, had lost. Three, to that, you'd just, already lost three games by that point. <laughs> exactly. Had they gone to it sooner, they, things could have been different. I mean, we 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 split the series with them during the season that year. They both I think Chicago won seventy two. We won sixty four. That was a great year, man. One of the last one. Yeah, a lot of you. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was no, just gonna say. Ahead. I was just gonna say, coulda, shoulda, woulda. But I mean, ultimately, it's kind of like the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Yeah, we shoulda ran, but we didn't. So <laughs> we lose. End of story. <laughs> yeah, very good point. Very good point. Nate McMillan, you know where he's coaching now. I'm just just because he brought him up. Was he in Minnesota? Him, but, Wasn't he in Minnesota last uh, I heard? Oh, now he's with the Pacers. Last couple of oh, years. Okay. But, that interesting he's still a head coach um i do actually want to ask this do you remember any other players on that year thinking back to 96 team uh yeah let me see if i can go through them here uh, i can at least get through okay. the starting lineup that's uh you had brakowski you had kemp payton detlef shrimp Percy hawkins gary payton nate mcmillan oh the bench i'm a little shaky on there's steve scheffler uh who am i missing uh, David Wingate. That's right. Eric Eric Snow. Uh, you said Sam Perkins, didn't you? I did not. Actually, he was the starter. Okay. He was the starter over yeah. Uh, Brikowski, yeah. And then uh, Irvin Johnson. Not that Magic Johnson, but a different Irvin Johnson. <laughs> First, uh, yeah. Vinny, Vinny Askew, I remember him. He was one tough SOB. Oh, yeah. First round pick, by the way, then, Irvin Johnson. That's right. Ugh. And then last but not least, Sherelle Ford. I remember him. I think he was I do the first remember round pick him. too. I do remember Eric Snow was also on. He was on LeBron James' first um, championship run with the Cavaliers. Oh wow! Right on. He got a ring. Nice. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, that's that's the one where, that's the one where uh, LeBron James took the Cavaliers, but they didn't win. Um, okay. And it's often been joked. Uh, try to name anybody on that Cavaliers team that isn't LeBron James. <laughs> uh, because that team had no business being in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> they were on camera to pass the ball to, to uh, LeBron. That's pretty much, pretty much. Their name. Yep. <laughs> hey, I saw somebody posted an article on salesportunion.com this week oh. about the Husky football team being best academically. That's right. I wonder who posted talk that. About that. I wonder who posted that. I don't that. know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the University of Washington was uh, every year they have like a they have an academic kind of contest between all the D one schools and yeah, UW UW placed the placed the highest. So suck it, Stanford, and suck it, Vanderbilt. That's right, Huskies <laughs> number one. That's awesome. Congrats. <laughs> I'm impressed. So now the Pac-12 can't get rid of UW because we keep everybody else's grades up. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's how it works. <laughs> well, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder though, how much of this is influence of Chris Peterson? Um, oh, exactly. It has to be. Oh, it's got to be. be. Yeah, it has to be. Um, yeah, he scored a nine 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 out of one thousand. 
Wow. Wow. It's the highest four-year score ever by an FBS football program. Yeah. Not, not bad. One point higher than Wisconsin. It's it's wow. kind of, it's kind of nice that um, it's it's kind of nice that there's still a couple schools out there still trying. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going to happen with the new paradigm where we start paying well where players can start getting paid for their likeness and endorsements whatnot. Um, do you guys wonder if college football and or I'm going to say college football? Let's just start with that. Um, do they end the whole sham of this being just a uh, student athlete thing. Good question. I kind of wonder they if it moves more. Sham. I kind of make them just paid play, played players. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, essentially, they're student. They are students, and this has always been my opinion. They are students whose job it is after class to go play sports. I feel like yeah. it's always should have been that way. Student athlete doesn't make any sense to me. It's a no, student it with an after-school and, job. Well, yeah. I mean, some of the rules are just ridiculous. And if, if I mean, if their job is, if the benefit they're receiving, if they're getting paid with you know tuition or whatever for their for their you know their talents, um, then you have to be real about it, and you have to actually offer the best education possible. I mean, I think back to it was like early two or mid two thousands. Uh, the University of Nebraska. University of Nebraska got sanctioned by the by the NCAA because the they were providing textbooks off the um, off the suggested class uh, class book list and not just the required books for each class. So they were actually like taking care of academic needs for these kids, and they got punished for it. The whole the whole system is is just built up for fraud and for exploiting these these kids and the kids need to get a fair share. Well, Billy Joe Hobart got thrown out because he he got a car loan uh, for a pickup truck, and the the loan was it wasn't through like a bank or anything; it was from another person. Um, and the and the idea was okay, well, you can't take money from someone else even though you're going to pay it back because the idea was, oh, Billy Joe Hobart's going to pay it back because he's he only got the car loan because he's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. Well, there's no, you know, it's kind of like, well, there's no guarantee he's going to make it to the NFL. And be, so, you know, it's it's kind of a, it's, it's, it's kind of a weird thing. What, what's the thing about that uh, that player who got pizza, the basketball player who got pizza, um, like his head coach? bottom bottom uh, slice of pizza and that turned into a big deal well Boise State they got they got in trouble for um, letting a, a recruit sleep like the, the players let a recruit sleep on their couch and they bought him a Big Mac because <laughs> he didn't have any cash and he was starving and they, so they're like yeah here have a Big Mac or whatever and then they gave him a draw they gave him a ride to the airport <laughs> so it's like it's like kindness from these players letting yeah. them sleep on their couch in their dorm uh you know giving them a, a fast food burger and a, and and then like letting them hitch a ride to uh to the airport that shouldn't really be a big i mean like they should be able to the these ncaa investigators should be really should be willing to be able to go yeah that's not worth making a fuss about you know that's that's, that's nothing let's 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 focus on some real violations you know how much, how much did Auburn really pay for Cam Newton to their, to his dad, and how much is Alabama giving under the table to their players right now? You right. know, and uh, what's going to happen when Reggie Bush, uh, when players can start getting paid for their image and likeness? Does Reggie Bush get his Heisman back? He shouldn't have ever given it up to begin with, in my opinion. Yeah, yep, I agree with you there. Oh, I, I agreed, but I mean, like it, it's, it just it's kind of weird stuff like that where. Um, okay, well, you were you were considered the worst human being on earth for doing this uh, when it was against the rules, but now that's you know now it's just going to be commonplace. No, they'll, take, they'll take the they'll take the line that it was when you did it, it was illegal and wrong. Therefore, you should still be punished. 
it doesn't matter that it's legal now. You know, like like you know, people getting arrested for marijuana in 1970, and now it's legal. Well, you know, and they've been serving a 20-year prison, you know, whatever prison sentence. Doesn't matter that it's legal now. You you did it when it was illegal. Well, let's <clears throat> let's take a look at let's take a look at that. I mean, like Rick Pitino, the Louisville basketball coach, right? Um, didn't he like yeah. bring in ladies of the evening for his recruits? Uh, uh, like everyone does. Like yeah. everyone does. Uh, he, uh, yeah, but he, he did it uh, with a special, you know, special flair. Um, but <laughs> ah, okay. So it wasn't just cheerleaders. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, it was. Uh, yeah, he he never gave back any of the money, millions that he made. Um, <laughs> it's I don't know. It, it, it's funny, like you know the 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 players the players get kicked out of school. And the lawbreaker, in this case, Patino, he lost his job. But, I mean, big deal. He'll find another job pretty soon here. He did, actually. I don't remember where, but he did sign somewhere in the offseason, another decent college. Jesus. Big-time joke, but, yep, you're right. Where's he at now? Do you know? Patrino. I'm at check, yeah. Um, he was hired as the coach of Missouri State University on January okay. 15th this year. Rick Patino, Division One, I think. Or you, did you yeah. look up Bobby Petrino or Rick Patino? I oh, got yeah, Bobby Petrino. Yeah, Rick, Bobby Petrino. Okay, Bobby Petrino is the one that had his mistress fall off his motorcycle. Um, ah, okay. Yeah, Rick Patino is the head coach for Iona College. Jeez. <laughs> They'll be in the tournament in They'll a couple in, of years, yep, probably. Yep, yep. <laughs> Jeez. Won't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bobby Petrino's a great guy. He only he only got in trouble for his mistress falling off his motorcycle. <laughs> only. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> All right. I just want, I wanted to come up with something interesting, so I, I, I felt fear we should talk about the 2016 Everett Aquasocks just you guys, that's pretty much when you guys, was that the first year Seattle Sports Union started covering them? Am I correct? 2016. Sounds about right. Yeah, sounds like it. I was just curious if you guys had any memories from that year, just two, a couple of memories to bring up, if you remember. Just some, talking about one of our teams we cover, and I I chose that season. It has been decreed by Mr. Soulman that we talk <laughs> about it. So we so we shall talk about it. So Abraham, you went to the to the T-Mobile, whatever it used to be called, for the playoffs. Oh was yeah, that that's for- right. That was that the first year we did this. Um yeah, was that I'm the, at the roster was, right now? Yeah, Donnie Walton, Austin Greenback, Eric Falia, Nick Zamarelli. Oh okay, yeah Bryce no okay. Uh, sorry, I, I needed. Thank you for doing that because I needed the help remembering exactly. Uh, the years just start like merging in each other. Yeah, no, that was interesting. That was the Bryson Brigman, Nick Zamorelli team. Uh, Matt Festa. Yeah. Oh, Matt Festa, who, who, yeah, he made his debut. Elliot Surrey. LJ Newsom was uh, on there. Luis uh, Cajara pitched like two games and then he got traded to uh, um, Atlanta. Right. Was Austin, Ga- Gra- yeah, Austin Grayback, your guy from Cal- uh, Oregon, was on that yep. team. Christian Brito. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had the cool, he had the funny story. What I thought it was, where he <laughs> his car broke down five miles outside of Everett, and he had to be dropped off um, by the by the tow, <laughs> tow truck, truck driver. <laughs> and because he had no money, he couldn't have it fixed. And they went and they went on the road to start the season like the next day or whatever. So he left his car in their parking lot oh. for like a week and a half, and then he got they came back and he could have it fixed. My first, uh, my first memory was uh, Jordan Cohen. Oh, that's, that's right. Barbecue? Num- his his jersey number was number one, and I wrote an article about him. Uh, n- number number one on the jersey, and number one in your heart. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He came over from he was a great guy. Uh, he came over from uh, <laughs> Australian League um, baseball. That's right. And uh, uh, no, I remember first first impression. For, you asked me and Matt what our first impression was. I remember it was a rainy, cold day. Oh yeah. In June, which is normal for Seattle. <laughs> Um, and we were, we went to a luncheon, which Matt and I were so thrilled. We're like, Hey, they're going to feed us (laughs) and we get to do reporting. Nice. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
So we went in, uh, we actually ran into you. Um, is that right? Did we run into you there? We must uh, I, we, I, I think that we did, but then later in the season at the beer fest is when you yeah. approached me about covering the following season. Yep. Um, and so uh, I remember turning to Matt and saying, you know, half these guys are from the Caribbean and none of them, or none of them look comfortable or happy because <laughs> none of oh, them it was, had jackets were, it was, it was or sweatshirts. Cold. It was like 50 <laughs> degrees. And I remember, I remember distinctly, uh, yeah, after the barbecue, they moved down to the lower, the lower covered area there. And they were all sitting in their tables and you could walk around between them and you get the autograph like they usually do for the season ticket barbecue. And, uh, but this is the first one we've been ever, we'd had ever been to. But uh, they all, all the pitchers were all huddled together because they, because uh, I don't think, I think most of the ones were from the Dominican that year and they didn't, they didn't speak English very well. And they all looked, they all had this look in their eye. Like, what have I gotten myself into? Because they had just gotten off the plane like that morning from the Dominican. And it was like 50 degrees and pouring rain, pouring rain that day. (laughs) And they're in Everett and they don't speak the language and they're expected to like sign autographs for these people and they don't know anyone on their team and they're just complete total cultural transplant overload. It was, it was interesting. I remember, (laughs) I remember they went to the, the the staff went to the concession stand, not concession stand, sorry, the, uh, the shop, you know, the, the store and just started grabbing uh, sweatshirts off the rack and and bringing them to them. Oh, how funny. (laughs) <laughs> throwing it out. Yeah. Guys were just huddling there shivering. I mean, they were, because, you know, they're acclimatized for the, for the Dominican and they just came from, you know, 80 degrees and perfect, perfect weather. And yeah. God, it was, it was cold. It was cold for me. I mean, I, you know, I mean, it was like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a native of Seattleite, but it was cold for me. And I can imagine for them, plus the, the whole, you know, lost in translation thing. I mean, they were just, I felt for the guys, but it was, uh, you know, it was it was it was a fun experience. Was that the year that they had the record number of Mariner players that played for the Aqua Sox? Uh, Wade Miley, Felix Hernandez, Steve Sishek, Charlie Furbush, Mike uh, Nick Vincent, uh, Cattell Marte. Yeah. Okay, that must have been the year. Uh, I remember. Oh, uh, that was it. Oh my gosh! I think Furbush got lit up by the org by the Emeralds. Yes, he, he, he did. Yeah. By the Everett yep. Emeralds. Uh, probably he had a the, twenty point. He had a twenty point two five ERA. Longest <laughs> longest home run I've ever seen there. Some dude from the Everett, uh, not Everett, from the uh, uh, Eugene Emeralds, uh, took one over the left field fence on top of the roof of the building across the street. Oh, crazy, <laughs> crazy! I think. I mean, that's you know, there's a plaque outside the stadium on that side of the field where where Griffey's first home run landed. That smoked Griffey's home run by yeah, did. <laughs> 100 feet, you know, at least. Uh, yeah, poor Charlie Furbush. I don't think he ever really got back up to the major league level after that because he was hurt. He, no, he made the fish year on. I no, think that was it. Yeah, him. it was. And you and I actually met him later that later that summer at uh, – no, I didn't meet him. You met him at a taping of uh, Almost Live. Oh, no. Yeah, the I met him and I was nice to him. <laughs> and then, and then Kevin, our 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 buddy Kevin, uh, did some said the stupidest. He asked him the stupidest question. I forget what he asked him, but it was like, "Really, Kevin? Do you like the Detroit Tigers?" Is probably what he asked. <laughs> I think something like that. And and uh, because he came from the Detroit Tigers, and and yeah, he uh, yeah he yeah he never he never played in the major leagues or the minor leagues ever again after that year. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Kevin said something that made him not want to talk to us anymore, basically, and walk away. <laughs> like, Kevin, uh, come on. <laughs> I missed my chance because I I think I ended up with a work phone call, didn't I? And I had to go yeah, to another room. Yeah, you had to run out. You had to run out, yeah. We were, we were at a taping of the 206, which was the rebirth of the Almost Live show for a, short, a short-lived, what, two seasons uh, back then. And uh, unfortunately, they tried to change the format and it fell apart but anyway yeah uh, uh that was a great season that was, was a great season was that the season two where they set a record for attendance uh not only did, f- over a hundred thousand yeah and not only for 
this season, but um, they had a game, which I was the only one covering because you two, for some reason, didn't go to this game. Felix Hernandez pitched, and they had – Oh, they were. I didn't go because – well, Brian wasn't a part of SSU just yet. I didn't go because you gave my media pass, because we only had two at the time, to uh, some photographer friend that you knew. And I didn't have any, I, and I tried to buy a regular ticket, but they sold out before, you know, you could even think. Oh. You took my ticket away. I did not take your ticket away. You did, you, you, were, late, you were late to buy a ticket. And we only had the two media passes. <laughs> late? I, I was, uh, like, they announced it, uh, like, on Twitter or whatever at, like, 9 a.m. that day, like, the day before or whatever. And I was on the on their website by, like, 10 trying to buy it and it was completely sold out we did get good we did get good uh, photographs that day though brian kemp did a good job was, so, was it kemp yeah okay is brian right. kemp yeah yeah um a couple of quick memories from my perspective as a fan i remember eric folia getting called up to tacoma just before the playoffs oh, that's right oh, yeah. and and then once they, they came to safeco they called him back down and he, he made it Amazing catch! I think you posted it, Dave. But against the right field oh, fans, yeah. and Robin yeah, they, was it a home run, I believe. Yeah, they stole our MVP for a game or two, and then he then he came back. That's oh, right. That's right. You guys, you guys, won the MVP. You guys didn't get to go to Safeco, did you? No. No. Oh my God! So again, I didn't have a media pass. So. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't official yet. No, wait a minute. Given, I don't start with me, but don't start with me, Matt. I offered you mine, and you didn't want to anyway. go. That you, this time I got you. I offered uh, you mine. I was just going to buy a ticket. I don't remember that. I, I to told you, that and there are plenty of seats available. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, no, we got to go up into the press box, and uh, actually, I preferred to watch the game from the uh, cameraman's well because you're kind of like at foot level on the field. So you're like in the dugout, basically. It's pretty awesome. It is cool. Um, one of the one of the other the other fun memories. Uh, this team has uh, my all-time favorite baseball card, uh, Nick Zamorelli, because of what he said in the question that was asked of him <laughs> on the back. And the question was, "What would you do if you weren't playing baseball?" And his answer was, "I would be married to Mila Kunis." <laughs> and I love that answer. I love the moxie, and uh, and he's he was a great, he was a pretty adequate third baseman at the time. I thought I think they've moved him to first, and I don't think he's advanced much beyond high A, to be honest. But he was uh, he was a lot of fun to watch third. He's with the Travelers last I saw. So double A. One yeah. la- one last memory of mine. I can't top that, but uh, infielder Bryson Brigman that year. He played shortstop and second, I believe. But oh, he played more short because Donnie Walton played second. But yeah, he hit a home run at um, the old Funko Field before it was named Funko Field. God, I can't think today. But anyways, they, they used to advertise a sign that said, "If you hit the home run through here, this hole here, you win a free suit." And he hit it through the the darn hole. And <laughs> I asked I asked him on Twitter like within a week or less later, and he never got a suit. And oh, no, 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 no. So there's a story behind that sign. Exactly. And the reality, the reality oh, is boy. that no one, no one knows or remembers who the original sponsor was. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know that. That's funny. It's been up there for like 25 years at this point. <laughs> and no one remembers who the original, the original, uh, I've talked to a whole bunch of people. I've asked them and, and no one knows who that belongs to. So you don't, yeah, you can't really hold the current. There's, there's no name on it. It just says it. That's hit here and win a free suit or something like that. And that's it. <laughs> well, so, well, since then he got tra- he's a part of the Marlins organization. We picked up some lame reliever back in the day when we were trading all our minor league prospects. But go on. Oh, so I love Bryson Brigman. Uh, I got to run into him at spring training the year after, and he rec- he remembered who I was. So that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um, and okay. he was actually uh, offered by it was either the Thunderbirds or the Silvertips to play junior hockey, uh, but he went the baseball route in high school instead. So he could have been he, – he was good enough to be, uh, you know, a minor league hockey league player, uh, potentially. Wow. Yeah. He's with – That's uh, really cool. He's with the Miami, like you said, but he's uh, 
what is he? Uh, oh, it's called the Jumbo. Jumbo pro? No, Jumbo Shrimp. He's with the Jumbo, jumbo Shrimp. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but as of as of March fourth, he got assigned to the the big league club. Oh, really? Oh, good. I didn't know That's that. That's awesome. I'm looking at the the minor league transactions right now. Um, but the uh, the trade that we got that we traded him in, we got Cameron Mayben in return. Yeah. Oh, that's who it was. Okay. okay. Uh, and oh. international pool money, and 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 Bryson Brigman were the. Uh, were oh, traded. was that when we were trying to get Shohei Otani? Um, 2018. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Then we got one upped by the Angels. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he was ever going to come play for us anyway. But yeah. One, one, one other, one sorry, one other quick player. I don't know if you mentioned Matt, but he's one of your favorites, and I know he's one of mine. Is Juan Camacho? Must have been around the organization about six years. I played last year for the Aqua Sox too. The the catcher. Where he's where he's going to land next? Oh, he's twenty four now. So, but I, was I think they should to... give him a. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just about to say. I thought he played with the Aqua Sox last year, but he must have. Uh, he bounced, bounced back around? and forth between okay. Modesto. Well, no, I guess he only played one game in Modesto. Um, but he played, yeah, he played for Everett and um, Hitch too. He got released on September 13th last year. Oh, darn he's it. Uh, he's a free agent, and he, yeah, he, I mean, he's 24, and he never developed the ability to hit. But now, uh, but now, uh, I know we're running short on time here, but it, the the one that we have to talk about is we got to see L.J. Newsom before his march to the to the majors i mean right the, the, we got to catch him at the at the up front well he hasn't been to the majors yet has he wasn't well, he scheduled no, to make it to the majors this year uh he, tacoma at least everything i he read was in tacoma everything he was in tacoma I've, last right everything I, everything i read though he was he, he's ready he's like at the next level um yeah, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we did we did see him his first year. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, well, Matt Festa. Um, or oh, Tommy John. Did he have Tommy John? Yeah, Tommy John. Yep. Um, is he still like a Mariner? Uh they they cut him, but then they resigned him, and but now he's got Tommy John. They signed him invited- to. He was sent out right to the Tacoma Rainiers, but then they invited him to the spring training. That's weird. So I guess they uh, they, they re-signed him to a minor league contract, basically. Um, um, and then um, Luis, Reggie McLean. Uh, you also mentioned Luis Gohara, who went to the Braves and probably was pushed too fast, but has major league ability. He's currently a uh, free agent, if I remember correctly. Was that a case of the Braves were just trying to push him too fast, too far? I think it's a little bit of that and a little bit of the fact that um, he got hurt. And then there was, uh, you know, he's now, he's uh, last year, he signed a minor league deal with the Angels. So he's in the Angels uh, organization. Um, the Braves just had 47 arms for their starting rotation. They had way too many people. And, and, the, Mar- arms, so. and the Mariners who still have no starting pitching let him go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we got in return. We got Malik Smith, who we who we flipped twenty four hours later to the to the Rays, and then later on traded back for, and then pitcher Shea Simmons, who never developed. But we all, we gave up Thomas Burroughs, who's actually um, was on that roster. Um, I think. Yeah, he was. He was a um, he's he was at the University of uh, Alabama. He's going to be a Braves reliever here this coming season, probably. Oh, cool. Wow. That is cool. Um, so, and then I'm trying to think of looking here at position players. Donnie Walton's real close to being a utility guy at the major league level. Yep. Uh, Marte, obviously, yeah, he was tearing up in, in uh, Arizona now for some reason. Well, I think Marte, uh, was, Marte was just down there. He, for was, a, he was on yeah. rehab. He wasn't. Kyle yeah. Lewis was on that roster before he hurt himself. And then, uh, and then he's major league, obviously level. Um, uh, Demas Ojeda, remember him? I do. Yep. He's an awesome dude. Trans- he translated for us a couple times. Oh, nice. Um, do you have a? Do you have any other questions there, uh, Brian? 
Well, I'm all tapped out, but <laughs> I agree with you on LJ Newsom though. I, I, the guy has looked really solid and I think he deserves a chance. I mean, I know obviously the season's wiped out, but I, before the COVID, I thought he might be called up by summertime, but I'm hoping for the best for LJ anyway. Um, I'm looking at the official well, MLB. We're kind of running up against uh, the clock here. So, uh, Let's go ahead and close this out. And I want to thank all of you out there for joining us this evening. And uh, want to have you all check out our great articles on SeattleSportsUnion.com. As well, like us on Facebook. And as well, check out our great tweets at SeattleSportsU. We got we got lots of great content coming up. Sports are coming back. So you'll see a lot more posts from us, a lot more articles from us on SeattleSportsUnion.com. I want to thank you once again for, on behalf of Brian the Soulman Solak, Matthew Page and myself, Abraham Deweese. Have a great day, everybody. Have a good night.